Meet Reed Lance Rosenthal, rancher, number one best-selling award-winning author, and unabashedly, unapologetically, on the right side of the outstanding issues of our generation. But don't try to fence him in. Sometimes his positions will surprise you, because Reed is definitely his own man, with his own opinions. You might love him, you might hate him, but you won't be able to stop listening. Step over to the right side with Reed. Howdy, listeners from coast to coast, the Gulf to Canada, and around the globe. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Well, did enough occur for you over the last week? Yeah, I bet. We have lots to cover in this show, obviously, and uh, I want to get started. Let me tell you what I got coming at you. We're going to talk about some recent treason cases, and I'm going to give you a refresher on the show I brought you last week, which was the history of treason going way back to the 1700s, and what the treason law is in the U.S. Code, and what the Constitution says about treason. And why am I harping on this? Well, folks, that will be the rest of the story, because we have treason in our faces, and I'm going to name the top five purveyors of treason in the United States of America at this time and remind you of what they have done, what they are doing, and what they are concealing to the detriment of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and the Bill of Rights, my three shows from weeks 5, 4, and 3 going back. Listen to them on the rightsideradio.com. This all ties in. It's all connected. And the Israeli thing We're going to be going over that too, but not the news, because you can get that anywhere. You can get it on YouTube, and we'll have videos on the website, etc. You know, the facts, the logistics, the statistics, and the pundits' wails of surmise. That's not what we do on this show. I bring you the story behind the story, and that's what I'm going to do with the Israeli story for you today, because there's a big story behind that. There's way more going on that meets the eyes, both on the globalist level and in the United States, treason minions plans for us, this country, and the Constitution. I think it'll be an eye-opener for you. And then I have a monstrous, if we can get to it and get to it all, which is highly unlikely given the amount of information we have to cover today in a short hour. We have a monstrous rat-a-tat-tat for you on all sorts of popping subjects everywhere. You know, they are snowing us under with information and attacks from all directions, and it's intentional. But first, the founder's quote and the ranch story. And I think it apropos, given last week's show, The History of Treason, and this week's show, The Recent History of Treason here in the United States, to go with some quotes from George Washington, a lengthy one, but right on target. Quote, treason of the blackest dye was yesterday discovered. General Arnold, who commanded at West Point, lost to every sentiment of honor, of public and private obligation, was about to deliver up that important post into the hands of the enemy. Such an event must have given the American cause a deadly wound, if not fatal stab. Happily, the treason had been timely discovered to prevent the fatal misfortune. The providential train of circumstances which led to it affords the most convincing proof that the liberties of America are the object of divine protection. At the same time that the treason is to be regretted, the general cannot help congratulating the army on the happy discovery. Our enemies, despairing of carrying the point by force, are practicing every base art to effect by bribery and corruption what they cannot accomplish in a manly way. Think about that last line, folks as we go through today's story and the rest of the story. Current treason, right in your face, 
right here in the United States. Quote, our enemies despairing of carrying the point by force are practicing every base art to effect by bribery and corruption what they cannot accomplish in a manly way. Unquote. And now for the rant story on a slightly lighter note before we get into the heavy metal stuff, shall we say. It's autumn in the Rockies and fall here on the ranch. On the upper ranch, the aspens have mostly turned. Many have already lost their leaves. It's a different planet than here, just as this place is a different planet than town many miles away. There's bright colors shading mostly to the yellow with tinges of orange. Still green leaves interspersed in the autumn turn. The creeks are low. They stream lazily around rocks, ripples glistening and shimmering in the sunlight. And you know, with all the stuff that all of us are contending with, the day-to-day habits and actions and things that need to be done, the day-to-day worries and dramas, and then the overarching picture, the fate of the country, constitution, freedom, health, finances. I can go on and on. You are all well aware, those of you listening to me, of what those trials, tribulations, and concerns are. And sometimes we kind of get bogged down in it, particularly if we have a frantic schedule. You know, I have the radio show and the books and the ranch. It's 24-7. It's a damn good thing I don't sleep much. And everybody has their schedule and their priorities. But the other day with the first winter storm, real winter storm of the year bearing down on us, according to the weathermen, if they are correct, Even though I had loads to do, I make lists, you know, I'm a list maker. I have so many lists, I need a list of the lists. (laughs) Some of you who have the same affliction are probably nodding your head in empathy. But the sun was sinking, the colors were glowing in that autumn evening light, and I said, the hell with it. And I picked up my fly rod and put on my waders, marched out to a little spot here on the ranch, which I know is dependable for big fat fish. And in that most pleasant hour and a half or so before the sunset, last tendrils of light arcing out over the western ridge, I caught and released four big rainbows. It was magical, that hour and a half. A slice in time where I was one with the water and the earth and the fish at the end of the line. And it reminded me of something really important to share with you. And that is, no matter the pressures... No matter the worries, no matter the schedule, take some time to breathe in life. Take some time to remember what it's really about. Because in the end, the concerns, the worries, the actions, the schedules, the drama, really means nothing. The only thing that means something is your communion with your passions, your touchstone to the land, and your freedom. And now let's talk about some recent trees in history here in the United States before we get into the very dark rest of the story. So Adam Gadam, he was the only American charged with treason against the U.S. since the World War II era. Oh, there were some treason trials and drums beating. If you remember the Rosenberg spy thing, they were giving secrets to Russia. But Adam, who was also known as Azam, A-Z-Z-A-M, the American, he was indicted in 2006 for giving Al-Qaeda, quote, aid and comfort with intent to betray the United States, unquote. But before he could be put on trial, Gadan somehow, mysteriously, escaped to Pakistan. And then we have Sheikh Omar Abdul Rahman, also known as the Blind Sheikh, an Egyptian cleric. 
He and nine followers were convicted in 1995 of seditious conspiracy. That's like one level below treason. It's what they've thrown to Trump. And the government proved the plot to blow up the United Nations, the FBI's building, and two tunnels and a bridge linking New York and New Jersey. He died in federal prison in 2017. And good riddance. And then there was the Puerto Rican nationalists. Let's go back to 1954 for just a moment. Most folks haven't even heard of this. Seditious conspiracy charges were successfully brought in another, once again, largely forgotten, storming of the Capitol building. Oh, yeah. In 1954, four pro-independence Puerto Rican activists rushed the building, opened fire on the House floor, by the way, and wounded several U.S. House of Representatives members. The ringleader, Oscar Lopez Rivera, he was a former leader of a Puerto Rican independence group, who, by the way, prior to this storming the Capitol, had a bombing campaign in Puerto Rico. (laughs) You know, how brave these folks are. That left dozens of people dead or maimed throughout the 1970s and 1980s. He spent 35 years in prison. His sentence was commuted, and this will kind of tie into the rest of the story, by Barack Hussein Obama in 2017. And that brings us to the rest of the story. All the acts of treason in-your-face and concealed, interrelated, interconnected with one single aim, to bring down the United States, to subjugate its people, to undermine and replace or abolish the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, or portions of them, and to deliver American sovereignty to a global cabal. Now, if you think this is a conspiracy theory, folks, I will remind you that many of the things I've brought you over the last 10 years were considered conspiracy theories until they were proven absolutely true, sometimes months, sometimes years later. I won't bore you with the list. This is going on right now. And we're going to start with Constitution and American Enemy number one, although he's followed closely by a number two, and that's Barack Hussein Obama. Why is it, you ask, in this rest of the story to recent treason in the United States, that I bring up Barack Obama? Barry, first and foremost. Let's examine who Barry is. You've seen the pictures of him in his youth. He's written a book, Dreams from My Father. I've talked about it before. Not dreams of, not dreams to, not dreams about, but dreams from my father. His father was a radical Islamist communist. Let's go down the list of what Obama said, what Obama did, And through Joe Biden, what Obama is still doing, saying, and manipulating behind the scenes, as he has admitted, the video is on the website, under Rat-a-tat-tat, Treason, and the Audio Bar, just to refresh your memory. Obama attended Columbia University. Two of his professors there were Cloward and Piven. They are the authors of the theory that to bring down a government, to bring down capitalism, you have to overburden it with entitlements and chaos. He attended the Church of Jeremiah Wright. Remember the GD America guy? He promised when he was elected in 2008 by starry-eyed Americans who bought into the race-baiting campaign that he was going to fundamentally change the United States. Think about those words. What is a fundamental change? This is not just rhetoric. He meant it. And he meant he was going to change the core of this country's values, beliefs, systems, operations, and freedoms. I think we are all aware of George Soros, despicable human that he is, going all the way back to his days of turning in fellow Jews to the Nazis. He was the most frequent visitor to Obama's White House, 88 times. Obama was endorsed by both the Communist and the Socialist parties of the United States. He was the first president to prosecute journalists 
as just one example, James Rosen from Fox News, even down to bugging his parents' apartment. He and his quote-unquote wingman, Eric Holder, came up with the Operation Choke Point, which, by the way, is being fully employed today against businesses that the government doesn't like. It's been greatly expanded under Biden, I mean Obama, third term. This is where banks and financial institutions close the accounts and refuse to deal with gun shops and coin dealers and really any business or any outlet for views opposite the government. Fast and Furious, the shipping of 2,000 arms to the Mexican cartel, unmarked, resulted in the death of a border agent and chaos along the border. Hundreds of murders in Mexico and scores of murders in the United States. Not all those weapons have yet been recovered. And the plan was, it's come out later, to blame this gun violence precipitated by Obama and Holder on Americans and gun manufacturers and gun dealers to attack the Second Amendment. Attacking the Second Amendment is attacking the Constitution. Attacking the Constitution is treason. Let's step back for a moment and remember exactly what the Constitution says or how the Constitution defines treason, shall we? Remember that both state and federal laws have treason clauses. Only a few states don't have it. The Constitution says, quote, only in levying war against the United States or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort, unquote. I think we will all agree that radical Islam is an enemy of the United States and of democracies and of the Western world and really, really of most of the rest of the world. Let's bear in mind there are approximately 2.2 billion Muslims on the planet a sizable chunk of Earth's population. This will tie into what I'm going to bring you on Israel here in a little bit. Do you remember Obama's apology tour in 2009? Do you remember him bowing to the Saudi royalty? And then, of course, they tried to say, no, that wasn't a bow. He had dropped his pen or whatever they came up with. Remembering Cloward and Piven, Obama added $10 trillion to the primary United States debt, fully one-third of the $34 trillion that's out there now. When he took office, national debt was about $5.2 trillion. Thank you, George Bush. I mean, we won't even go there. And Uncle Joe, the cadaver, has added $8 trillion, Obama's third term. That's $18 trillion in debt since, since 2008, folks. That is more than half of the total national debt of the United States of America. Who allowed funding of the Wuhan lab and gave Fauci free reign to launder money to get to the Red Chinese Army to... Uh, do his experiments, you know, gain a function. Obama. Who continued to allow it when he took office? Oh, cadaver. Who began the practice, I'm sure it was practiced before by both sides, but who began the practice on a large scale of funneling taxpayer monies laundered through various agencies and disguised by, you know, do-good, feel-good, warm, fuzzy programs to left-wing and extreme left-wing causes and groups and NGOs? Who allowed the growth of NGOs? who personally reiterated many times, including in his book, that he hated colonial powers. And then, in other dots, apparently forgetting what he had said in previous dots, lumped the United States and Israel into colonial powers, along with Europe. Who interfered with United States taxpayer money, in itself a treasonous act, with the elections of Netanyahu in Israel? I brought you that story a number of years ago. Over 300,000 U.S. taxpayer monies to try and destabilize the Netanyahu government. Who sent $800 million to aid the Arab Spring, which, of course, the Arab Apology Tour stimulated, but at the same time gave no aid, none, to the uprising in Iran in 2009? Who sent $1.2 billion in midnight cash on unmarked planes, on pallets, 
to Iran? And who pushed the Iranian deal, the nuclear deal, which, no matter how they try and sugarcoat it, basically said it was okay for Iran to develop nuclear weapons so long as they didn't have the first nuclear weapon until 10 years from the date of that agreement, which, by the way, is right about now. Who refused to help the latest Iranian uprising? Oh, cadaver. I mean, Obama's third term. Who nominated Merrick Garland? I think we all have a good measure of the corrupt spectacle of the supposed top attorney and law enforcement officer in the United States of America, Barack Obama. And who was one of the first cabinet picks of cadaver? I mean, Obama's third term, Merrick Garland for attorney general. Who allowed, despite all the media disguise, oh, you know, Obama was a deporter-in-chief. He deported more people than any other president. Well, yeah, not quite. You know, border crossings, while far less than now, were far more than during Trump's era. Three to 500,000 a year that we know of. Of course, now we're at 2 million plus per year under cadaver. Oh, Obama's third term. Who greatly increased, once again, draining the treasury and increasing national debt, foreign aid to various countries around the world. By the way, not European countries who might need that aid, like Greece and Crete and Spain and Portugal, who have been suffering all sorts of economic malaise. Remember the financial crisis in Greece and Crete? No, to African nations and to Arab nations, who recently gave, and by recently I mean weeks ago, in September, $6 billion in released frozen assets to Iran, which it was followed by the now global mess, as we're going to discuss, in Israel just several weeks later. Who further destabilized the Middle East by allowing ISIS to grow and to take over a large swath of the Middle East, even though his generals implored him to take ISIS out in 2012? Obama. Who allowed the union of the remnants of ISIS and the Taliban in Afghanistan? Cadaver. Oh, Obama's third term. And who abandoned Afghanistan? including the tens of thousands of Afghans who risked their life to help us over there, despite our promises to the contrary, and who left behind tens of billions of dollars of U.S. military hardware and vehicles and tanks and trucks and weapons in that ignominious retreat, which was also promised not to happen. Who destabilized Ukraine in 2014 with a CIA-led coup? And as I've brought you in the history of Ukraine, go back into the archives, listen to it on on therightsideradio.com. That coup resulting in the fall of Georgia and Crimea to Russia, and eventually precipitating the advance of NATO and the attack by Russia in Ukraine. These were all known results. Who was the team that Obama had in 2014? Oh, Newland, Clinton, and Blinken. And who's the team? That cadaver, oh, Obama's third term, has now. That's right. Newland, Blinken, and on the outskirts, not directly involved in the government, Clinton. And let us not forget Benghazi, where it has come to light that the whole thing was likely a cover-up for the transfer of arms, kind of a payoff deal, by the United States military-industrial complex to al-Qaeda, orchestrated by Obama through Ambassador Stevens, which lost his life, of course, to shut him up. And other witnesses were left to die on a rooftop there, while the United States military, the greatest military in the world, couldn't get them help for 13 hours. Couldn't even do a flyby in jets. Who's Cadaver's chief of staff right now? Very quiet in the background, pulling all the strings, being the messenger and order giver and conduit 
between the real President of the United States right now, Barack Obama, and cadaver, Susan Rice. Remember her famous video claim? She'll be looking right in the camera on five Sunday shows. A more blatant, bald-faced lie could not be fathomed, nor conjured, nor imagined by any other administration. And who allowed the gutting of American industry and employment by China and Asia? Oh, yes. In his defense, it was begun long before. And you know who it was begun by? Bill Clinton, who last time I checked is married to Hillary Clinton, who has been sending money since day one to the Palestinians, about $600 million a year, by the way. Oh, that's right, Barack Obama. Oh, and that aid was cut by Trump in 2018, and it was renewed by who? Oh, that's right, Cadaver, Obama's third term in 21, shortly after his election, by $235 million, two-thirds of which goes to the United Nations, what's called UNRWA, UNRWA, to be distributed. <laughs> Do you think it's distributed to the people of Palestine? Have you seen the videos? I have videos on the website over the horrific things happening in Gaza and the horrific things which are happening and happened in Israel. Do those people look like they're getting $600 million a year in aid? There's 2 million people in Gaza, folks. doesn't look like they're getting any of the money. I wonder where it's going. Where did those 5,000 rockets come from other than Iran, which financed it with American cash given by Obama and Biden back then, and Obama and Biden now? And who's sending money to Lebanon? You know, Hezbollah on Israel's north border. Oh, that's right, Barack Obama. And who took out Gaddafi? Who? <laughs> well, definitely not a nice guy. Was really one of the more stable dictators in the Middle East. Oh, that's right, Clinton. While she was Secretary of State for Obama. Destabilizing Libya, allowing the growth and control by Hezbollah. Cadaver, I mean Obama's third term, increased aid to Lebanon, i.e. Hezbollah, by $100 million a few months after he was in office in 2021. Who really began, who instigated, who stoked the current racial division in the United States? Who began, or should I say stoked, what was already developing as the victim classes, the LBDTQ, the racial quote-unquote victims? Who hollowed out the United States military? And most importantly, by far most importantly, who appointed progressive, globalist, anti-American, anti-constitutional people to positions of authority and power in government agencies and departments, the EPA, the FBI, the CIA, the State Department, the Department of Commerce, the Department of Homeland Security, and I can go on down the list. And who's either continued those appointments or actually upped the game, so to speak, putting even more radicalized or purposely ineffective people in their place? Buttigieg, Mayorkas, Ray, Garland, the moron they have for Energy Secretary, doesn't even know how many barrels of oil we pump when questioning Congress. And what did those people do? What were they licensed to do by Obama? And now, Biden, Obama third term, who was licensed to appoint the next level or lower tier of staff. And you wonder why these agencies are corrupt? You wonder why they are running amok? You wonder why the, I don't know, upper half? Who really knows? The upper half of all these departments and agencies, including, unfortunately, at least the upper tier of the military, is woke? is wallowing in their power to enforce rules and regulations which are not laws. 
and which in many, many cases are unconstitutional and have ruled to be unconstitutional, that their very power grab in formulating these rules and regulations and attempting to enforce them is unconstitutional, as ruled by the Supreme Court here over the last year? Where did that whole mantra, what did that, where did that mindset come from? That anti-constitutional mindset, which aids and abets our enemies and undermines the economy of the United States. Remember that war, and remember the definition in the Constitution of treason, war is as much economic or more so in today's world than our bullets. In fact, it can be argued that economics precedes bullets. Desperate people do desperate things. Who started beating the drums on reparations, which we're now seeing evolve and emerge and bubble up all over the place? And along those lines, who beat the drums for redistribution, not only amongst, you know, the privileged classes in the United States, to the unprivileged, the victim classes, which he contrived in the United States, but from the United States to the rest of the world, because the United States had far too much wealth and far too much power, which goes back to his hallowing out the military. And who professed at every turn his disdain for American capitalism? You know, the guy who came into office with a net worth of about 700000 and now has a net worth of anywhere from 65 to 100 million. They can't really peg it because, why don't we just say, he and Michelle are not real transparent about it. I'm sure you remember his words to Joe the Plumber. You didn't build that. And who, when faced with a loss of a congressional majority, threatened to use his phone and his pen. I think his exact words were, I still have my phone and pen. You know, executive orders. Completely contrary to the Republic and to the Constitution and to the legislative process, and to the separation of powers between the three branches of government clearly ensconced in the Constitution. Which brings us to a much larger, more sinister, potentially, picture. There's no doubt that Barack Obama is highly intelligent. He's a planner, not a believer in individual rights, but a believer in the collective, particularly his side, his notion of the collective. Remember, dreams from his father the communist and radical Islamist. I think by now we all know what COVID was. We all know what the COVID jabs totally misrepresented to us were and are. And some more on that in the rat-a-tat-tat. Yet more studies coming out. But let's talk about Israel. You know, Obama schooled in the Cloward and Piven theory of overwhelming, using chaos and financial destruction as their ally, as so aptly taught to him by Cloward and Piven. You can see it happening on the border. You can see it happening with the trans and LGBTQ stuff. You can see it happening in the education system. And he, by the way, is the one who greatly expanded the powers of the Department of Education, which ought to be abolished. You can see it in the government gridlock. You can see it in the growth of government. You can see it in the increase in national debt. You can see it really, and yes, you can call this a conspiracy theory, in the actions of the Fed the rapid rise in interest rates, designed, in my mind, to break the middle class and to aid and abet our enemies abroad, since wars are economic. And now you can see it in the blow-up in Israel, because this blow-up is not just Israel and Hamas or Hezbollah. This is designed to destabilize further the world, to overwhelm the Cloward and Piven theory, to spread the United States military thin, to make the United States spend more money, along with the Western world, those evil colonial powers. If you think that this materialized out of thin air, putting aside the obvious planning that Hamas unfortunately perfectly executed, did you know there were Russian cyber attacks on the Israeli government just a day or two before that fateful Saturday last week? 
Did you know that the Russian minister Lazarov met with Hamas on September 13? Did you know that Iran is funding Hamas using American dollars provided by, oh yeah, Obama-Biden and now Biden-Obama? And did you know that U.S. military weapons, the videos on the website for you to see, on the rightsideradio.com, are being used by Hamas? And where did they come from? Well, how about that withdrawal in Afghanistan, leaving behind tens of billions in military equipment, hardware, and arms? Or the weapons and arms which are being siphoned from Ukraine, which Cadaver, oh, Obama's third term, is so eager to fund? And clever are they, knowing that we're on to them in Ukraine. Biden is now threatening to take the $100 billion additional he wants to send Ukraine so Ukraine can peddle the weapons around and Zelensky can build palaces in foreign countries for himself to escape to when the whole situation collapses. He wants to pay that $100 billion to the Israeli military aid bill, putting lawmakers in a quandary to vote against the bills to vote against Israel. Hopefully, we, we, have, we have a little bit more spine than that. And hopefully the conservatives can present the case succinctly and clearly to the American public. But there's more to it than that, folks. Hamas has called for a global Muslim uprising. Couple that with what we know about the southern border. Eight million illegal aliens. Virtually none of them vetted. Tens of thousands of Afghans, quote-unquote, evacuated during the collapse of American prestige in that country. And somehow, none of those Afghans, or very few, were our allies and friends who were left behind with a list, with a list of their names and locations for the Taliban to use to execute them, which they are currently doing. Instead, we have Afghans that weren't vetted, now permeating the country. And down on the southern border, not only are virtually none of those 8 million illegal aliens that were intercepted vetted, but by the government's own estimate, there's another million and a half, give or take, they don't want to know, to be honest with you, who came across the border undetected and absolutely not vetted. We know that it includes tens of thousands of military-aged Chinese males. And in looking at the films of the Hamas fighters advancing through the Israeli border, I was struck by something. See if you are too. Take a look at the videos. They look an awful a lot like the military-aged young men that are flooding across the southern border in video after video after video. No women and children. And the government has told us that there's 194 countries represented. That's virtually every country on the planet in this invasion across our southern border and now beginning on our northern border. How many of these people who have come across the border are terrorists, are trained sleeper cells, bent on jihad, or in the case of Russians or Chinese, or other nationalities for that matter? on wrecking havoc on American infrastructure and American lives. The government admits it's intercepted, I think it's 384 or 394 people on the terror watch list. Well, you can bet your sweet bippy that the number is astronomically higher than that. Not on intercepts of possible terrorists, but on missed, maybe purposely missed, intercepts of actual terrorists. And with this cry for a worldwide jihad, Imagine the bedlam that could be caused in the United States, even by jihadis bent on suicide missions, acting on their own in towns and cities and locations throughout the country. What a destabilizing effect that would have, and what fear it would create. And you know, fear is a government's, in this case a communist government's, greatest ally. Fear is what bred the Patriot Act. Fear is what has bred 
this treasonous attack on the Constitution and our rights and American values, which unfortunately many of us allowed to happen. Remember that word no, best word in the English language. I would suggest without being melodramatic that if you have a license to carry, you begin to carry. That you live in a state like some of the western states which allow you to carry without a permit, that you begin to carry. This is just common sense. They are telegraphing what they want to happen. They have created the optimum situation for bedlam to occur. And they care not a whit about us. Not in the least. And of course, as much of this as possible, we will be blamed by a government frightened only by an armed population. You know, the Second Amendment, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. On Trump supporters and MAGA extremists. And they may even attempt emergency power measures to try and strip Americans of their weapons. Mark my words. Hillary Clinton last week, the articles on the website, suggested that all Trump supporters be rounded up and reindoctrinated, reeducated. Well, good luck with that, Hillary. Hopefully you're the first in the door. You can begin to see how our collective, the collective of individuals, rather than the collective of sheep, has strength and safety. But in the end, it is up to each of us, acting in concert with all others who think like us, with all others who love America, who wish to defend the Constitution, who wish to keep our families safe, to do what must be done when it needs to be done. And right now is a time for vigilance, and a time to take steps to defend yourself, which hopefully you will never have to employ. But there is no doubt that this is part of a plan. This is not some magical, mystical, sudden poof, not some quantum leap in the evolution of what the globalists, the communists, the traitors would like to see happen. Think about that. And now for rat-a-tat-tat. Let's see how much we can get in. I'm going to go pretty quick here. You know, with the amount of money that we're sending Ukraine, (laughs) not to mention that that's going into arms, which are going to Hamas, why don't we all just declare... Ukraine a dependent and write them off on our taxes. What do you think? By the way, those folks that are jumping up and down for expanding the war in Ukraine, you know, some of our senators and other quote-unquote representatives, Lindsey Graham, his net worth is up $2 million in the last year to $86 million. Estimates vary. Elizabeth Warren, you know, the communist. Capitalism is bad. Her net worth is up $12 million to $80 million. And Dick Blumenthal, the disgusting senator from Connecticut, he's up about $80 million to over $100 million. So, gee, what do you think those warmongers are invested in? Raytheon, maybe? Lockheed? Yeah, who knows? Did you know that in Ukraine, we are subsidizing every man, woman, and child? We're propping up its economy, folks, while ours, well, the numbers and stats, the real stats, speak for themselves. So Ukraine's economy has shrunk by a third or more. And the government, the U.S. government, is subsidizing the difference. From pensions to salaries for the vaunted leaders of Ukraine, it is you and I that are paying for it. And you know, another thing that kind of warms my heart about McCarthy's ouster now that I've kind of watched it for a week or so, Ivana Klimpush, she's a senior Ukrainian MP. Here's what she said about McCarthy's ouster. Quote, we are freaking out. For us, it is disaster, unquote. Well, (laughs) I think Mr. Getz was right. And you know, the mainstream media is a telltale also. The LA Times, the Washington Post, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, all the 
establishment media, the woke folks who feed us lies and propaganda. All of them jumped up and down and said that McCarthy's removal was just terrible. That seems to tell me it was probably good. And guess what? And this was a story on Fox News. Quote, the federal government doesn't keep vaccination records, unquote. In fact, the CDC just said they're not issuing any more vaccination cards. You know, those little whatever cards that the folks, the sheeple who are still getting these jabs, is just unbelievable, carry around as badges of honor along with their mask, I suppose. Why do you think they do that? You know, because they don't want to know, folks. Because that ties in with a story about FOIA. A FOIA request, which finally, after much litigation, was responded to by the CDC and the NIH. And guess what it showed? It showed that prior, listen to this carefully, prior to the COVID jab being rolled out, those agencies were advertising like crazy for extra people to monitor and man the VAERS, that's the Adverse Vaccine Reporting Site, because they expected a huge spike in adverse events being reported. This is before they rolled out the vaccine, folks. Was anybody told about that when your doctor said, oh, you need to protect yourself? And really good news on the COVID litigation front, the law firm Liberty Council, that's Matt Staber, they rock. I've included many of his articles and they deserve your support. The Department of Defense just paid Liberty Council $1.8 million to reimburse them for their COVID litigation against the Department of Defense, against the mandates. It was Liberty Council that got the mandates thrown out. And the DOD was ordered by the court to pay this sum to them within 21 days. As a kind of humorous but wanky, wacky, wacky sidelight, there was an article in the UK Guardian a couple weeks ago. Quote, the case against pets is a time to give up our cats and dogs, unquote. Oh no, it's not about climate change or, you know, methane gas from their little farts or whatever. No, it's our human selfishness, folks. We are absolutely without scruples because feeding, walking, snuggling with them, petting them, delousing them, deworming them, grooming them, and paying thousands for their medical care to vets, that's totally self-centered, totally. You selfish humans. And what we extract for doing nothing for these poor animals is emotional support. And the expert that was quoted in this article called it, quote, a very selfish relationship, unquote. Uh, there, was a, there was another person in that article, by the way, who uh, said that we are imperialistic when it comes to our pets. Like when we say, I have a dog, that's a violation of animal rights, folks. Instead, we should only care for our pets. We don't have a dog. We care for our pets. You know, it's kind of like people who menstruate and birthing people. You know, it's, it's kind of that same woke vernacular, I guess. And by the way, you know ivermectin, that Nobel Prize winning drug that was labeled horse paste that the CDC told hospitals if they administered, they'd lose their all their government money, their, their COVID bonus goodies that the mainstream media called, you know, horse and animal paste. Well, not only does it work great on COVID, I can tell you, as can millions of others, hundreds of millions of others around the world, but there's now a new study that was just published in Cancer, Chemotherapy, and Pharmacology. Here's the title. 
quote, Ivermectin induces non-productive autography by downregulating PAC-1 and aptosis. I'm sorry, I'm not a medical genius here, folks, so I'm probably mispronouncing. Let me boil it down for you, though. They have found that ivermectin is effective in killing cancer. Mega doses of ivermectin have made tumors entirely disappear, and they have sample stories of its effectiveness in fighting tumors and cancer. And by the way, this is a whole bunch of different types of cancers, because Ivermectin, they have found, stopped the cancer cells from growing and dividing. It caused the cancer cells to die, which is that apoptosis, i probably mispronouncing. And ivermectin increased the process of cells breaking down their own damaged tissues and repairing them. And then there was another article, August 29th, not too long ago, the Desiree Review. Quote, high-dose ivermectin shrinks cancer metastasis, unquote. Something you might want to look into, folks. Now that the CDC is backpedaling like crazy, saying they never said you couldn't take ivermectin. No, no, no. Don't sue us. We didn't do anything wrong. In New York, Kathy Hochul, oh, the great governor of New York, you know, the one that told all the Republicans to leave the city. Yes, leave the state. Well, now she has gotten religion. Because it seems that New York State and New York City are overrun by illegal aliens, most of them probably unvetted. Well, we unfortunately might find that out here sooner rather than later. And about a week ago, she was interviewed by CNN. And she said that New York's shelter law, you know, sanctuary city, we love you, we welcome you with open arms. It was only meant for homeless AIDS patients and displaced families. Quote, never was it envisioned to be an unlimited universal right or obligation on the city to have to house literally the entire world, unquote, period. Do you think all this ties into the election and President Cadaver's, <laughs> Obama third term, sudden announcement that he's going to resume building the wall down there? He didn't say he resumed patrolling it. He didn't say he resume repairing it when uh, illegal aliens blow holes in it. But he's going to build the wall. It's a great political stunt, isn't it? Particularly after, you know, 8 to 10 million illegal aliens are in the country, most of them unvetted. Anyway, Governor Holschel, always thinking about her constituents, said New York's sanctuary shelter law is not unlimited. And when she was asked if she would support its rescission, in other words, rescinding the law, she immediately replied, didn't even hesitate, quote, yes, I would, unquote. Hallelujah. Great case in California, of all places. This is a couple weeks ago. The case is Mirabelli et al. versus Olson et al. And a federal judge enjoined, in other words, slapped a TRO on the enforcement of an Escondido Union School District's policy, which prevented teachers from telling parents about their kids' quote-unquote gender dysphoria, unquote. And I'm going to finish up this show by saying that today we examine the many layers and many years and continuing treasonous activities of Barry Obama, Barack Hussein. But he acted in concert with others, folks. And I told you I'd name the names. George Soros, number two. We have a whole series on George Soros. Just type Soros in the search bar, listen to a description of his life and his goals. And now he's in the process of replacing himself with his two sons who are probably more left and loony than he is. Hillary Clinton, no more needs to be said. I think we all kind of know her ilk. Mr. Clapper, remember Mr. Clapper? And Mr. Comey, alias Mr. Ray, alias Mr. Comey. The folks who are supposed to support our laws, all of which flow from the Constitution, but instead dish out unequal justice 
collaborate along with Obama and Biden and Susan Rice to undermine a true insurrection, a true sedition, a new president coming into office, i.e. Donald Trump in 2016. Remember, their January 5th, 2017 meeting where they discussed in detail Hillary's plan to use supposed Russian information which she herself manufactured and paid for personally and through her campaign to undermine Donald Trump's presidency and therefore the will of 70 to 80 million Americans supposedly protected by the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. What can we do about all this? Those shows are upcoming, folks. There's much we can do, and we need to start doing it. We're out of time. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Remember, look in the mirror, repeat after me, and repeat it with conviction. I will muster. I will stand. I will not comply. I will never give in. I will never stop fighting. I will join with those in these United States and around the globe who love freedom as I do, and we will win. Oh, yes, we will. Keep the wind at your back. I'll talk to you next week. Please remember, if you've missed any shows, just click on Show Archive and you'll find all of his shows. We look forward to seeing you here again next week for another episode of Reed Lance Rosenthal on the right side. 